Welcome to the UAC podcast. UAC was founded to create a place where the most successful chiropractors from different backgrounds and from around the world could come together to mastermind and create lasting friendships. Our profession is unique and surrounding yourself with a genius inside of UAC is a formula to grow personally and professionally into the life you've always known you are capable of achieving. Welcome to Chiropractic's Brain Trust. All right, so... Welcome to another episode of our UAC podcast. I'm Lynn Mao, Dr. Lynn Mao, here with the beautiful Dr. Stephanie Rodstater and our guest today, Dr. Butch Saunier. Welcome, Butch. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. We were just, before we uh, went on air, we were talking and getting you and Steph up, up to speed. This is just your second event. Correct. You're a brand new member. You joined us in Park City yeah. over this past summer. Um, and when we were discussing... Um, members to interview for the podcast, you immediately came to mind because the time that I had with you there in Park City was short, but you just were so engaging and compelling. And some of the stories that you shared about your history and practice, and I know you're going to talk to us today going back, you um, worked with Dr. Jim Parker uh, for quite a while. So let's just start. I think an introduction is due. And so tell us more about yourself and, and what's brought you to us today. So, telling me about myself, um, I've been in practice now for 26 years. Okay. Um, I'm a Parker graduate, 94. And I was at Parker when Dr. Jim was there. And while I was in school, Dr. Jim was just Dr. Jim. And I really didn't know or appreciate the fact that I was in school while Dr. Jim Parker was there, who, like Sid Williams or going back to BJ, he's now a legend in the chiropractic right. community. Yeah. So I spent time with him. Um, I smoked a cigar with him in the Riviera <laughs> in his suite, uh, talking philosophy with him Amazing. in 93. Um, and now, fast forwarding to where I am in my career, I look back on it and feel just so blessed and lucky to have that experience because uh, recent graduates, uh, whether they're from Parker or other schools, when we start talking and they found out that I was at Parker with Dr. Jim, right. they're like, Oh my God. And they want to hear the stories. And it's really cool to be able to relate those stories of my time in Dallas at Parker while Dr. Jim was there. It's a pretty neat experience. Yeah. Well, give us one. What's, what, what's one of your favorite stories coming out of that? Well, experience? so the, the, one of the favorite stories is, um, have, you know, the Parker seminars, right? Yes. Well, they're, they've evolved just like a lot of other seminars. But back in the early 90s, they were the thing. And everybody went to the Parker seminars, and Vegas was the crowning jewel of the Parker system. So at that time, there would be four or 5,000 chiropractors in Vegas. And as a student, I was living on uh, romaine noodles and student loans that may or may not come in and befriended some of the Parker team speakers. And for this seminar, me and a couple of buddies were told by a few of them that, look, if you get to Vegas— we'll pay for your room and we'll pay for your food. You just got to fly yourself there. So we did. And um, on the second night of the event, Dr. Jim would host a, um, uh, an event in a suite where all the speakers would come up and the celebrities and stuff like that. Well, we ran into one of the, uh, the doctors that got us there and said, hey, we need some bartenders. So me and three of my buddies went up to the suite and started attending bar with How all the, fun. with all the, you know, then the, the powerhouse chiropractor right. speakers. Uh, the, the, like who else was there? <clears throat> um, who was the featured speaker then? Um, 
I'm, you know, I don't really don't remember. That's okay. But, but you know, Rick Wren, Gene Orlowski, Zev Meyerowitz, um, you know, all those guys that I really looked up to and I considered them mentors. Yeah. Well, after the event was over and people started leaving, me and my buddies saw all the food that was left over and all the free drink. So we kind of hid in the corners. And when everybody left, we came out of a back room and started, yeah, we can't let this go to waste. <laughs> Well, we were, the only, the the <laughs> we were the only ones in the room, as we, so we thought. And then we heard something, a door open, and, and out comes Jim Parker in his bathrobe going, what are you guys <laughs> doing here? And we're just, you know, like deer in the headlights. And he said, I don't even know what he said, but he said, follow me. So we thought he was going to call security and kick us out. Well, what he did, he brought us into the main room of the suite he was in. And Jim was always known for his cigars. So on the table in front of one of the couches, he always had, at the seminars, a galvanized little bucket full of Cuban cigars. So he motioned to us and said, grab a cigar. So each of us took a cigar. I never smoked a cigar before, but I was doing what Dr. Jim said. Gotta, gotta do that. And he hit a button. And when he did, the curtains opened up around three corners of the suite. And it was a panoramic view of Las Vegas wow. at like 1.30 in the morning. So we all lit our cigars and we listened to Jim Parker talk chiropractic philosophy to try three, try four students for an hour and a half. Incredible. And it was, so that's probably one of my enduring memories of, of attending Parker with, with Dr. Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Something yeah. you hold in your heart forever, right? You do. You do. It's a very special experience. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Butch, you, uh, were, who referred you to the UAC? Uh, Dan Cox and Dave Middleton. Yes. And Dan, um, we know and love, and, and Dave is rejoining us um, as well. So what, um, what has been, you know, this is obviously just your second event, but tell us what your thoughts are around what, what the USC is meaning to you already. I know specifically when we were talking last night, you've done a few other uh, groups. You have worked with the Master Circles, for instance, and uh, some other, Larry Markson. And you said to me last night, it was so succinct and so great. You said, you get out of a group, what you put into a group. And I thought that was such a unique point of view. Tell me more about that. I will. Thank you. Um, so being in practice for 26 years, I've, I've been on around the block several times, starting with the Parker seminars, um, graduated, started practice, became a singer client, um, went back to Parker seminars, came involved with the master circle, um, came involved with, uh, pro solutions with, uh, uh, the Pro Adjuster, uh, got pretty big with them, left them, joined the Marks and Connections. So I've been through different management groups and uh, different philosophies of those groups. And as I've evolved as a, uh, a doctor and just getting older in life, my thought process and my uh, way of doing things have changed. And in 2014, I left the Marks and Connection because I wasn't getting anything out of it. I didn't feel like I had anything to contribute. And at that point, it was, to me, wasted time and wasted money. So fast forward to 2019, um, I have three clinics. I'm extremely busy. Um, and I f was doing really well, still am, but felt like something was missing. And I finally put my finger on it. And I wasn't in a chiropractic family, so to speak. Um, in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana is a very pro-chiropractic state. Um, I have a lot of friends in the state that are doctors, but trying to organize um, 
a, a meeting of the minds, if you will, nobody ever wanted to do it. It more became of, well, how many patients are you seeing or what attorneys are sending to you, how much you're charging. So those kinds of conversations. Yeah. 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 So I, after I had a chance to talk to Dan one evening, just called him out of the blue and started talking. And he said, the time is right. You need to check out UAC again. He said, once you go, you'll see what it's like. And he said, it's like playing in a whole different sandbox. And so I, that. <laughs> I finally said, okay, I'm going to do it. And uh, with my wife's blessings, it was in July. And so getting on an airplane during the, you know, oh my God, the pandemic right. and stuff, she was all <laughs> freaked out. And I really didn't know what to expect. And the second day there, I called her and I said, I'm in. That's awesome. And part of the fabric of an event like this is, yeah, you draw from it, but what can you contribute? And that goes back to the core statement. A doctor, whatever management service you're in, if you don't give back and contribute at a certain point, the lessons become idle and you lose your interest and then you drop out. I don't see that happening here. Yeah. Well, and you can see that as you're like through your evolution, hopefully this will really be your home and your tribe that where you can really feel like you're part of the family, a family family doesn't break their ties, right? Right, like it's, right? That's one of the things that's so, so amazing about this group is just the connection that you make. And we all have chiropractic in common in some way, shape or form, but right. the, what we can give and contribute and get from the group is all like different, different pieces and such, such an amazing thing. So, so totally agree. Tell us a little bit about like, what, what's your superpower? Like where, where is your, yeah. What do you, what do you feel like is like, the shining thing that comes out of, out of you, Butch. So I, I had a feeling you were going to ask that question. <laughs> um, and to, to answer it properly, I have to go back and share a little bit about my tenure as a chiropractor. So early on in the first couple of years, um, I had an identity crisis of what type of chiropractor I wanted to be. Was I a straight? Was I a mixer? Was I going to go cash? Was I going to promote wellness? Um, because I, I just didn't know. And for a long time, um, I bounced around and tried different, quote-unquote, techniques in the office and was moderately su- successful. And then, I don't know, I had an epiphany one evening, and it, it was drew on the fact after watching a bare aspirin commercial, really. And what it finally hit me is that our society is indoctrinated that you do not go see a doctor of any type unless you are hurting or you're sick. And the light bulb went off and said, people see chiropractors because they're in pain. So I was then, as I am now, really good at getting people out of pain. So I used that as my basis to start bringing people into the office with the idea of once I got them into the office, I could start teaching them and educating them on what chiropractic is and how it's not just for pain, but it's a whole body system and that you can turn a reactive type decision into being proactive and staying healthy for the rest of your life. And in the process of doing that, it opened up the door to a lot of attorneys doing personal injury. So my superpower is uh, teaching doctors or running a very high volume, very successful personal injury clinic that has a back door that we open to usher people into wellness when they're done. So our goal is to take an injury patient and when they're done and release them, 
come back to our clinic in a wellness model and sign on to be a lifetime wellness patient. And we're, we're very successful. We had about a 40 cent, 40% conversion rate of our PI to, uh, to, uh, to cash. So that's, I think that's my superpower. And, um, I, I've been doing personal injury so long now and I know the ins and outs and I, I can help our tribe or other docs with everything from how do you approach an attorney? How do you talk to an attorney? How do you run a patient? What do you do? All the aspects of it that a lot of docs really don't know because, you know, early on I'd meet somebody and say, well, I have a PI practice and they would, I felt like I was being shunned and like, oh, you're just one of those PI, you're not a real chiropractor. You're just a PI doc. Well, I am and I'm very proud of it because we do it really well. Yeah. Years ago, Mark and I worked in a practice before we opened ours, of course, and we were associates in a PI practice and we had a motion <coughs> x-ray at the time. It was very early technology, but we had the, the, the pleasure or the experience of getting to see thousands of motion x-rays with people that are in from s- small fender benders up to really s- serious car accidents. And when you look at that ligamentous instability, when you see that vertebra and functionally just shifting and that George's line breaking, you know, those people need our care, you know? So absolutely. And the fact that they, then you teach them and you send, you plant those seeds in the yeah. beginning, meet them where they're at, meet their need. And then, you know, guide them in that direction. Of- it's really satisfying when you see the light bulb go off. And you've all, we've all used that metaphor in this profession. You know, when you see the light bulb, you get it. I see it weekly. And that's what, that's what drives me and keeps me doing what we want, what I love to do. And um, so, and plus, th- th- there's a ready supply of patients. I mean, Louisiana, some of the worst drivers in the nation. <laughs> um, last year in 2019, there was over 35,000 auto accidents in Louisiana. A quarter of those were in Baton Rouge. So um, there's a steady stream of patients, and it gives me a steady audience to talk about the power of chiropractic and how it helps people. So I embellish that, and I just love it. So obviously, this has been a challenging year. 2020 has surprised us all. It's given us some gifts as well as some serious frustrations. What has been the biggest gift that you've gotten from this year? To slow down and reorganize my time and kind of reshuffle the things that are important, one, in patient care, and then in my life. Um, Recently remarried. Um, My two sons are, you know, 15 and 17, so it gave me a new directive on I get to spend time with those that I really care about and not just my patients. And I took full advantage of it. And um, like so many people in the room and you hear other stories, while we were down, I reshuffled a lot of things in the office. We revamped some um, some systems, uh, did a lot of staff training and tried to use it to our advantage. And which I think was very effective and successful because we're, we're back to, you know, pre-COVID numbers and we've just been busier than ever. So it was, it was a good downtime. I hear that from so many of our UAC members, and we have to remember that is so unique and our profession is struggling right now, but um, I'm glad the leaders in this room are leading the way and the charge on that. Stephanie talked to you about your superpower, and it sounds like, I mean, your practice is just slaying it. Where would you say you have areas that you're stuck, either professionally, personally, that, you know, you want to put that out there to the UAC tribe and, um, you know, so it's funny. I had this conversation with a couple of docs last night and where I kind of stumble with is 
98% of our new patients are personal injury patients. Uh, I got out of network with all the other insurance companies. Uh, we're just in network with Blue Cross. And we still have a lot of people through referral sources call and say, hey, we want to come in and see you. And either I'm out of network with you or I want to pay cash. And it's starting to happen more. And my stumbling block is putting in an effective system of when somebody comes in in their cash, what's the best payment plan to put them on? Because a lot of people can't pay one lump sum. Uh, so it would be how to establish a cash care plan that integrates with what we're doing. Um, and I get so busy that I don't really work on it. So I don't spend the time with it. So my need is somebody who has a hundred percent cash practice or is used to somebody coming in. This is what the exam costs. We're going to do X number of visits. This is what your payment plan is going to be instead of going in and feeling like I'm a car salesman trying to, you know, wheel and deal to get somebody to pay. And I, I feel like I'm a very strong communicator with the patients. I just would like somebody with some established systems that could go, okay, one, two, three, this is what you do. Good. Yeah. There'll definitely be people in this group that can help you with that. I know Franson will be amazing and we'll get, we'll get you, get you hooked up with some of those people so we can get that, that taken care of, which will be super awesome. Um, one of the things that, one of the purposes of this podcast is to like, you know, break down the wall of like, you know, having to like get to know somebody better before you can go a little bit deeper. And so vulnerability in this one is, is one of the things that, what can you tell us about yourself that'll, that like maybe, maybe most people wouldn't know that makes you kind of who you are and where you, where you're at today. Um, I used to play collegiate rugby cool. and, um, my freshman year in college, uh, at practice one day, field was wet. I got tackled. And in the span of about three seconds, my life totally changed because I suffered probably the worst, the most devastating knee injury you can sustain without losing your leg. Um, There's four ligaments that hold the knee together. All four of them were severed at one time. So the only thing holding the bottom half of my leg on was the skin. That was in 1984. Um, I subsequently went through three reconstructive surgeries, 84, 85, and 86, and the last one, I was on crutches for almost a year. Wow. And that's really how my chiropractic story started because okay. after walking on crutches for so long, my neck got just wrecked. I can imagine. And the only thing the ortho can offer me was pain medication. Well, I couldn't function because it would knock me out. So my dad's best friend was a chiropractor. And so dad said, I'm, I'm tired of hearing you whine. I'm going to bring you to go <laughs> see Tony. I thought Tony was a witch doctor. I, you know, because my intent, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. So in two visits, he uh, fixed me. That's how wow. I saw it. And I was just amazed by what he did by just using his hands. So that's what geared me into, you know, being a chiropractor. Well, fast forward to 2008, my knee had deteriorated so bad and I, I couldn't walk. And my career was in jeopardy because prior to that, I was a diversified Thompson doctor. And it got to the point where I I was taking three or four lower tabs a day just to get through the day. My boys were very young, so I was pretty scared on what I was going to do. So I became reluctantly an instrument adjuster. And I started using uh, the equipment called the Pro Adjuster, which I'm pretty sure everybody knows about just out of necessity. And at the time I started using it, I had a total knee replacement um, at 42. 
So I was probably one of the youngest knee uh, recipients in Baton Rouge, and it really forced me to change my whole way of practice. And now we are 100% instrument adjusting clinic. Uh, We do a few manual adjustments. uh, With the the three clinics, we probably see 350, 400 a week. Um, And out of that number, maybe 20 adjustments through traditional hands-on. Everything's through the, the instrument. And what it did for me is it made me realize if you move the bone, love the patient, they'll get better. doesn't matter how you adjust them. And, and it also opened up a huge avenue of new patients because we still deal with that fear of, well, I don't want to go see a chiropractor because it may break my neck. Well, once people learn that we don't do snap, crackle, and pop adjusting, Nine out of 10 of our new patients are first-time chiropractic patients, and that's the, the PI and um, the, the non-PI. And it's, it's great. Um, you know, the electricity goes out. I have a generator in the office that kicks in, and we just don't miss a beat. Which, if you're in South Louisiana, you got to have one anyway. <laughs> um, so I think that's very surprising to a lot of people because, um, you know, I'm a you're big guy. I work a out a whole time. population yeah. that and is untapped. As we see, you know, 75, 85 hundred a day with an instrument. And when, when we leave, you don't feel like you've been hit by a truck. And, um, uh, so that's, I think that's one of the most surprising things to my colleagues is like, you're a man, you're, you don't do manual, you're an instrument. Yes, I am. And I, I think last year in the UAC, we talked a lot about pivoting <laughs> and that just epitomizes, that's such a great example of just, you know, pivoting and making the best out of the situation. Yeah. And so, uh, that's really cool. And you talked about Louisiana and generators. We have to, you, you were telling me a story that I just want you to share with everyone um, about um, Katrina, which of course is a huge moment for your state, but for the entire country. And I just think that a lot of times when I, when I talk to doctors and they're at high levels of success, um, but they're still lacking or needing feeling like void when they find that place to contribute back that actually comes in and fills that. And then, you know, their, their, their success is they're, they're fulfilled yep. and they have joy beyond what they were having with things and money. And, and when you're telling us the story, um, I just thought what a great example of just dropping everything and, and giving back. So tell us yep. about that. Well, you know, one of the things I think we all strive to do is when you reach a certain point, you want to give back. And some people do that monetarily. Some people do that with their time. And everybody has a, some unique way of doing it. Well, in 2005, when Katrina came roaring through, the very exciting time in Louisiana won because my second child was born the night Katrina came ashore. My then wife went into labor because the barometric pressure was so low. He was born a, a month early. Right about an hour before he was born, power went out to the hospital. I mean, I got on a video, the, the trees were swaying, and he came flying out, cherry red, screaming, and peeing everywhere. <laughs> so his nickname, his nickname is Hurricane. So that started the chain of events. Well, you know, everybody goes back and remembers New Orleans flooded, and it was a horrible event for the city because millions of people were forced out. Nobody had any place to go. So... Many of them were sent to refugee camps that were just wherever the state could, wherever the state could house them. And there was one not far from Baton Rouge, where they had about five thousand people in a gym, a large arena on military cots, um, 
under the lights. And we were, me and a buddy were sitting around. We really couldn't do anything. So we decided to take our portable tables and drive to Lamar Dixon, which is where the, the site was, and see if we could just help people by adjusting them. So we did. And it kind of snowballed after that. And some friends of mine in Texas found out what we were doing, called and asked if they could come down and help. Well, they did. And so we went back to the site with about 10 of us and started just adjusting people randomly. And we had lines just waiting. And there was no exams. There was nothing to sign. Just if you want an adjustment, lay on the table. Have you had any broken bones in your spine? No good. Lay down. And so we adjusted 2,000 people in two days. And on the third day, this very official-looking person walked up to me and says, um, somebody wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, well, we're in trouble. So we go in the back room, and what actually happened was the governor of the state, I don't know how they, she found out what we were doing, and wanted to know if we would take our traveling roadshow to New Orleans in the city and adjust and work on the rescue workers because they were just inundated. So once we got over the shock that this was really an event, I was provided with a signed document from Governor Blanco to get us into New Orleans. So we drove, uh, and if you've never been to New Orleans, there's really two ways into the city, both of them over elevated spans across Lake Pontchartrain. When we got to the the entryway to New Orleans, it was blocked off by National Guardsmen with weapons drawn on us as we pulled up. Very angry-looking soldier walked over and demanded to know what we were doing. And I said, well, we're chiropractors here to adjust y'all. And I held up the the paper that the governor gave me. And when he read it, this big grin came across his face. And he goes, we're first. (laughs) So on on the highway, we took our tables out of the truck. And the soldiers laid, they couldn't, they put their weapons down, laid on our table and put their, their, their weapons on their chest and we adjusted them. And then we loaded up and we went into the city and we had a, uh, a truck and a van. The truck had a 55 gallon uh, uh, container of gasoline because you couldn't get gas. And we had free run of the city. So we went all over New Orleans and it was deserted. It was like a, an apocalyptic movie. And we went to all the checkpoints and we probably adjusted, I don't, I don't even know, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred soldiers and relief workers that when we pulled up, they draw their guns on us. And when they found out what we were there for, <laughs> they just smiled and said, well, I'm first. And uh, so it was, a, it was a great experience. And um, uh, I don't think, it, you know, I, I can never duplicate that. And I think it was a, a springboard because some of the guys that were with me now have the chiropractic response team in Texas. Uh, Rick Wren, a couple other guys, and Whenever there's a hurricane or a natural disaster, it's a traveling roadshow. They have it's it's an orchestrated event. They go into the city where the the calamity was or is, and they just adjust people. It's a, it's a great it's a great event. What a crazy and awesome experience, and what a cool way to like spread chiropractic. I love that once they found out you're a chiropractor, they're like, oh okay, I'm first. Yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> It'll be cool when we go to New Orleans <coughs> next November. To you'll have to you'll have to tell us more about them, that whole experience. Is there one case out of like that whole experience that like sticks out in your mind? Like one specific person that you adjusted? Maybe like a story you can tell us about that. The one that that. that comes back to, to mind for me was um, it wasn't even in New Orleans. It was while we were at Lamar Dixon and we were working on just the, 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 the people. 
Well, there was a lady, she had to be in her then mid to late 60s. Her family got separated and a lot of them got sent to Texas and somehow she got separated and she was there. There's no cell phones. There was no communication. She didn't know if her family was alive, dead, or, or where they were. And she had horrible headaches because of the stress. So after I adjusted her, she got off the table and she said, my headaches are gone. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was that the most memorable one. Yeah. Because then we found out um, the next day when we went back, she found her family. So wow. it was pretty cool. That's amazing. Butch, um, I love that story. I, I, I think you have many more as well. Like I just get the sense that um, over dinners and, and like our party that we had last night and that re- welcome reception, we'll get some more of these over the next couple of events. But, um, you know, that brings up uh, coming back to the group and the fact that you're new. Have you, do you have an accountability group yet as of yet? I was invited to join one last night. Okay. So I'm very, very excited about it. And they, um, they warned me that everybody's on uh, Eastern time except me. So for me, that's 5 a.m. So uh, uh, it's with uh, Amir, oh, uh, yes. David, uh, and, and, and uh, well, David, another David. Um, so I, I'm, again, I'm still learning the name, sorry. David um, Middleton and David Baring. Yes, yes, thank you. But uh, I'm very excited because that was the one thing that I haven't got involved with. So I'm looking forward to that Tuesday morning call. Awesome. Yeah, moving that needle in those smaller groups is just a huge part of our culture and, and, and making that impact even bigger. So, Stephanie, any final thoughts or questions for Butch? Butch, it's been, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you today. I'm excited to hear more of your stories. And I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your time in chiropractic is like so awesome. So like I always love to learn from people that have even learned from awesome other people, you know, yeah. with Parker and all those things. So thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to, to be um, in this energy with you. Thank you. You mentioned you will be with us in Cabo. Cabo is one of my favorite places. Awesome. Possibly bringing your wife? I am. Would love to meet her. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge fisherman and uh, I typically go to Cabo a couple times a year to go bill fishing. So if anybody needs uh, guides on who, what outfitters to go out, go fishing with, like, just let me know. I can hook you up with them. Excellent. That's always been, that's a bucket list thing for Mark, actually. Yeah. So I'm, I'll <laughs> definitely send him your way. So February 26th and 27th for that uh, Mexico event. Thank you so much um, for being here and for sharing your wisdom and your stories. And um, let's go out. We're here in Miami in the beautiful Fountain Blue. And we have, we're coming in. Uh, Fab's going to close us up on Saturday afternoon. So let's, uh, and then we'll go into dinner and more fellowship and connection. So uh, thanks much. So